Welcome to Step Up to the Plate, the program designed to unleash your hidden potential. This is a three-part series called Subconscious Success. Today's lecture is called Developing the Self. When we talk about the sense of self, today we'll be discussing the idea of the conscious self. In Lecture 2, we'll get to the subconscious self and how to access the subconscious self at will and make it work for you. I'm sure you're wondering how I first became introduced to my own sense of self. This is what happened. One morning, I went into my bathroom and I watched an image face me in the mirror. I looked at the image, the image looked at me, and I said, Who are you? Immediately, and without thinking, the image said right back to me, Who are you? I said, I am Yisrael Roll. The image shot back and said, I didn't ask you your name. I asked you, Who are you? I said, I am the husband of Julie, the father of Rebecca and David. He said, I didn't ask you what your relationships are. I asked you, who are you? I said, I'm a psychotherapist in private practice in Baltimore. He said, I didn't ask you what you do for a living. I asked you, who are you? I said, I own a home in Baltimore. I own a car. He said, I didn't ask you what you owned, what your possessions are. I asked you, who are you? I said, well, I've given you my name. I've given you my relationships. I've given you what I own. I've told you my career, and still, that's not good enough? Well, I ask you, oh, mirror, mirror on the wall, who am I after all? The image looked at me and said, I know who you are. You are a horse. I said, I think you're going to have to explain. He said, gladly. I happen to know that horses like to graze in the meadow over oats and alfalfa. And I know you very well. And you, Yisrael, like to graze over a well-done steak. They graze over alfalfa. You graze over steak. You're just like a horse. I said, well... Oh, mirror, that's quite broad. That's quite a broad generalization. Do you have anything more? He said, I sure do. Go for it, I said. The mirror said to me, What do horses do when they enter the meadow? There's always one stallion trying to run ahead of the pack. I happen to know you, Yisrael, very well, that when you practice law in Toronto, you try to work late at night into the wee hours of the morning so that you could get ahead of the pack of the other junior lawyers so that you can become a partner in the firm. And now that you're a psychotherapist and educator, you try to work on new innovative programs just to get ahead of the pack, I think you are just like a horse. I said, not bad. What else you got? Now he got serious, looked at me very sternly and said, I've got something really good. I said, what is it? He said, what happens when there are stallions in the meadow and a filly enters the scene? The stallions react. They see the filly and they get back on their hind legs and they say, <laughs> they react. 
and I happen to know you, Yisrael, that when a person of the opposite sex walks into the room while you're giving a lecture, you adjust your tie. You react. The stallions react. You are a horse. I said, hmm, you're saying that I eat like a horse? I conduct my career like a horse? And I engage in my relationships like a horse? Hmm, not bad. And I thought, and I reflected, and I said, just a minute. I am not a horse, O mirror. I am the rider of my horse. Of course, I have horse-like tendencies. But since I am the rider in the saddle of my horse, I can direct my horse-like tendencies in any direction I choose. I can conduct myself in my relationships, in my career, in my moral behavior, in a fashion which is conducive to the rider and not only the horse. If I hold on to the reins of the horse, I can direct, guide, and channel my horse-like tendencies to a higher standard. That's called the sense of self. And this concept of the combination of horse and rider make up the totality of what we know as the self. This is called the identity. This is called the generator of the human being. It is called my personality. It is called my character. It is called my values. It is called the direction in which I want to lead my life. That is what we mean by the conscious self. The mind represents my thoughts. My feelings represent my heart and my emotions. And my body represents my actions. At any one given point in time, my mind, feelings, and body may be acting in concert to give my sense of self an expression in the world through my interaction with others. This is when all of my components, all of the components of myself, are acting in concert. I'm directing and guiding through my mind, my feelings, and I act in an appropriate, spiritual, character-based, value-based fashion. I have a consciousness of how I think, how I feel, and how I react to certain situations. This is a person who is able to direct, channel, guide her sense of self toward her goals and her sense of success. Now, how do we access this sense of identity, this sense of self? Let's compare humanity with the animal kingdom. Animals are born and are pre-programmed to grow into maturity automatically. Small aardvarks become big aardvarks. Small pandas become big pandas. And caterpillars become butterflies. They have no free choice. There was no conscious effort on the part of the animal to grow up and be mature. With mankind, however, we are born helpless, animalistic, instinctive beings who must be involved through our own free will in the process of becoming an adult. Through our own efforts, we transform ourselves from instinctive creatures to beings who are responsible for our actions by choosing between right and wrong. When we as human beings are involved in this process of responsible choices and maturity, then we achieve a sense of fulfillment, 
and inner contentment. That is what we mean by spirituality. So that when we access this idea of identity and self, we're talking about that part of the individual, that part of consciousness which is spiritual and not animalistic. This is the process whereby we grow and achieve our potential. This process gives rise to personal growth that gives us true inner happiness. Why? Because we have taken the raw material of the self, the instinctive animalistic part of the self, and have molded it and channeled it and guided it into a being that has a sense of spirituality, that has a true human identity. I'm going to share with you an exercise. So I would like you to take a pen and a journal, a notepad, a writing book, and I want you to use this journal throughout our exercises as we work through this development of our sense of self. Please answer the following questions so that we can now access this sense of identity, this sense of self. Question number one. A consciousness is a being who learns from history and past mistakes. So write down category number one, past mistakes. And write down a note or two on one or two of your past mistakes that you have been thinking about or willing to correct. Second, a search for truth. Please write down what truths are you seeking in life? Question number three. When we reflect on our goal and purpose in life, we reveal our true identity. Please write down what is your goal or purpose in life? If you say to me, well, that's a very large question, I say to you, that is certainly a large question, but it must be answered, it must be thought about, it must be addressed, because a person with a purpose has a sense of direction. As John Lennon once said, if you don't know where you're going, you'll probably end up somewhere else. In life, we have to know our goal, our end purpose. What is your purpose in life? Number four, self-awareness. Of what are you aware about your sense of self? What makes up your self-consciousness? Not being self-conscious, but consciousness of self, being aware of what your qualities are. Number five, self-improvement. In what areas are you striving to improve? In what areas would you like to improve? In what areas have you dreamed that one day you might want to improve? Write them down in your journal. Number six, contemplating the consequences of my behavior. Do you contemplate? Do you think about, if I do X, Y will be the result, both in my relationships with my spouse, my children, my career? Do you think about consequences? Number seven, consideration of the needs of others. Of whose needs are you considerate? Whose needs do you consider before you make a decision? Number eight, sacrificing your needs for others. For whom do you sacrifice? For whom do you exert self-sacrifice? Giving up yourself for others. Number nine, empathy. Empathy means identifying with the feelings of others. With whom do you empathize? 
When you are empathizing, you are an empathic person. Number 10, moral choices. In what areas of your life have you had to make moral choices? Number 11, to forgive. Whom have you forgiven? Who do you yet need to forgive? Number 12, a sense of hope for the future. Do you have a sense of hope? Will things turn around for you and your family? Number 13, to delay gratification. Are you a person who delays immediate needs for long-term goals? When you look at the answers to these 13 questions, you can see developing a sense of identity, a sense of consciousness, a sense of awareness, a sense of morality, a sense of humanity. This is your character. These are your values. This is who you are. This is your conscious sense of self. Of course, the questions have brought out the sense of self, but we need to become conscious and aware, have a sense of self-awareness in order to identify and become one with our sense of self. When we become aware of our identity, we can activate and live these values. And in so doing, we become spiritual. We are taking the physical self made up of carbon, hydrogen, water, and other elements of the periodic table and giving them a sense of purpose, direction, and meaning. Your life then has meaning and direction and is part of the plan of the universe. This gives meaning to our lives. Now let us try exercise number two. I'd like you to pick up 10 index cards or 10 square pieces of paper. And I'd like to ask you 10 questions. And I'd like you to give me the answers by writing down the answers to each of these 10 questions. I'd like you to take these 10 index cards or 10 square pieces of paper and write down a number, 1, 2, 3, 4, on the corner of each of the cards in succession. So now you have 10 cards numbered 1 through 10 or 10 pieces of paper. And I'd like to begin now by asking you these questions and write down a word, two words, a phrase, a sentence to answer each of these questions. Question number one. Who are you? Go ahead, write down one word or two words or a sentence to answer that question, and then we'll move on to question number two. Are you ready for number two? Here it is. Question number two is, who are you? Now that's not the same as question number one, which was, who are you? Question number two was, who are you? So please write down the answer to question number two. Now let's move on to question number three. Who are you? Now you can use some of the answers you used to the 13 questions we did in exercise number one to answer some of these questions. Question number four. So, who are you already? Write down a word, a sentence, a phrase to answer question number four. Question number five. Who are you? Now write down the answer to question number five in a word, a sentence, or a phrase, and take a look at your answers to date in these five cards. I venture a guess 
that most of your answers have been relationship answers. I am a son, a daughter, a husband, a wife, a brother, a sister, a Republican, a liberal, a Democrat. Some of your relationships to organizations, family. And now I want to move on to question number six. But this time I want you to go deeper. I want you to introspect, dig deep into your inner self, something part of your spiritual center, something part of your soul, part of your character, your values, what you believe in, and answer question number six. And here is question number six. Imagine you are at a religious service and you come to a very high point in the service. It's very spiritual. It asks of you to introspect, to think about priorities, to think about the important things in life. Now, go to that moment in the service. Go to that moment of that holiday where you're forced to come face to face with yourself. And now let's answer question number six. Who are you at that moment? Now, let's move on to question number seven. Imagine you're at a family gathering, a barbecue, let's say, on a summer afternoon. You visit with friends, some of the relatives. There's always one special relative you really connect with. It's Aunt Bessie or cousin this or cousin that. And you go into a side room and you have a real heart-to-heart talk with this person. Everyone's outside, cooking, having hot dogs and hamburgers and throwing frisbees and having a good time in the sprinkler with the kids. But you're in the side room and you're really connecting with your cousin or your friend. And you're having a real heart-to-heart talk. And someone pokes their head in the room, sees you two connecting, and says, Hey guys, where you been? The party's out here. And then you turn and look at your friend or cousin. You glance at each other, eye-to-eye contact, and you say, "Uh Uh-uh, the party's in here. Because we are really connecting. We get it. My cousin, she gets it. This is what it's all about. So when you glance at each other, and your eyes meet, and you ask yourselves the following question, what is life all about? When your eyes meet the eyes of your cousin, and you have a knowing glance, a knowing understanding of each other, now answer the question, who are you then? Question number eight. Unfortunately, many of us have had to attend a tragic funeral of a young person. I've had to do that many times. Now, when you go there with a friend or a cousin or a relative, and you sit there in the body of the service, and you hear the eulogies, and you see the bereaved, and you see the mourners, and you see the coffin there, we often think, wow, life is short. What is life all about anyway? And in those moments, when you're reflecting and listening to the priorities of this person, you also reflect on your own priorities. Now answer question number eight. At that moment, sitting in that funeral home, who are you? Question number nine. If you won the lottery, if you won the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, and money was no object, you can go anywhere, do anything, be anybody you wanted to be. You can dream the impossible dream. At that moment, who are you? And question number 10. You are now 85 years old. 
sitting in your retirement home. You're sitting in your home in your rocking chair, looking back, knitting or reading or writing. You look back on your life and you see all of the accomplishments, the ups and downs, challenges of your life, and you reflect on a life well lived. Now answer the question, who are you? Now you've written down 10 answers to these 10 questions. Please take the 10 cards and lay them out on a table in front of you. Look at the cards, reflect on the cards, and your answers to these questions. I want you to turn over and discard five of them, which least reflect the real you, and leave open-faced the five cards which reflect the true self. Go ahead. Now you have five cards open facing you. Look at those five cards and now turn over two more which least reflect the real you and leave open facing you the three which are the real you. Now you have three cards. Turn over one more. Ah, yes, one more. And you have two cards left facing you which reflect the true inner self of who you are. And now, yes, you guessed it. I want you to turn over, yes, one more. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. I want you to turn over that last card and leave with you and facing you your true self. Now look at that last card. That card is your true self. By your own admission, it is your identity, your reflection of self, your reflection of your true inner essence at this particular point in time. Of course, if you do this card system next time or a year from now, you may change who you are. It's a dynamic process. But right now, look at that card, appreciate who you are, and introduce yourself to your true inner identity. How was the process of turning over those cards? Was it hard for you? A second question. What card number do you have in front of you? Is it number 1 or 2 or 3? Or is it number 9 or 10? If this last card is number 1 or 2 or 3, you have an easy and open access to your true self, a true self-awareness which is right under the surface of your true self. If it's 8, 9 or 10, you had to be pushed to achieve a sense of awareness of self. Either way, you've got there now. I want you to keep this card with you. Make a copy of it. Put it in your wallet, on your fridge, by your night table, and realize that this card and all the cards are different aspects of your sense of self. Be aware of them, be conscious of them, be proud of them. This is the driving sense of who you are. This is your conscious self. Now let's move on to exercise number three. Please draw a large circle the full size of the page of a large notebook page. And I want you to divide the circle into six sections, down the middle, across, and diagonal. Now I want you to label each of these six sections on the outside of the arc with a different name. Arc number one, intellect. So section one of this six-piece pie was called intellect or mind. Section 2, call it social skills. Section 3, call it 
character or values. Section 4, call it spirituality. Section 5, call it family. And Section 6, call it physical accomplishments. Now I'd like you to write down some answers based on the cards you've written and based on the answers you gave to exercise number one, the 13 questions. I want you to look at the cards, look at the answers to the 13 questions, and now I want you to fill in answers to this wheel, this wheel of self. Answer, what are your strengths of intellect? And write down two or three answers in this section of the pie called intellect. Are you academic? Are you a common sense person? Are you logical? Are you a problem solver? Are you efficient? Are you quick-witted? Sense of humor? Organized? What are your intellectual or mind strengths? Next section, social skills. What are your social abilities? Are you a people person? Are you outgoing? Are you quiet, reserved? Are you a one-to-one -one person? Are you a leader? Are you charismatic? Do you organize things for your community? Are you trustworthy? Are you reliable? Do you keep a secret? You know what they say about secrets. A secret is something you tell one person at a time. If you keep a secret, you're a person who is a keeper of confidences. That's a trustworthy trait. What are your social abilities? And now let's move on to section number three. What are your character traits and values? Are you persevering? Are you a person who doesn't give up? Are you a person who is charismatic and dynamic? Are you visionary? Do you have dreams and goals? Are you compassionate? Are you caring? Are you merciful? Are you giving? Sensitive? Genuine? Down-to-earth? Are you truthful? Honest? A person of integrity? Are you chilled? Relaxed? Otherwise known as chillaxed? Are you mellow? Nothing bothers you. Are you a person who forgives? Do you forgive other people their mistakes? Are you a person of loving kindness, kind deeds, always helping others, always looking after others, making meals for people who are sick, visiting people in hospital, going to Meals on Wheels programs, organizing things for the community? Are you creative, artistic, musical? Are you creative with ideas? What are your character and value strengths? Spirituality. What are your spiritual strengths? Do you connect with nature? Do you see the grandeur and majesty of nature? Do you connect with the one who created all of this? Do you have a sense of humility? A sense of majesty of the universe? Are you in awe of being here? Are you appreciative? Do you have gratitude of being here in this world? What are your spiritual strengths? Five, what are your family strengths? Are you a contributor to your family? Are you valued in your family? Do you have a voice in your family? Are you a contributing member to your family? What do you give to your family? What do you bring to the table as a parent, as a spouse, as a child? Number six, what are your physical accomplishments? Can you take care of yourself? Do you work out? Do you exercise? Do you eat right? I wish we all did. Do you look after your home? 
your apartment? Can you organize things, organize your desk, take care of your affairs? Are you physically able to do activities, ski, hike, walk? What are your physical strengths? Take a look at this wheel. This is a sum total, a picture, a snapshot, a microcosm of your strengths. Now, what do you think of this person? If that person wasn't you, it was someone else. You'd say, I'm sure, pretty talented, pretty put together, pretty valuable. When you look at the sum total of abilities and values and strengths of the person on this wheel, I'm sure you'll be able to see that you are a person who has qualities that you didn't even know you had. Because we have a perception of self which is less than, less valuable than the one we actually analyze. I'm not good. I'm not talented. I'm just that old, good old, simple person. But when you actually analyze different aspects of self, when you analyze it scientifically as we have just done, you'll see that you are much better than you thought you were. Much more talented, much more valuable. You have many more values. When you analyze and look at yourself, and this is an opportunity to value the self. I'm talking here about self-esteem. Our pursuit of identity is more than self-esteem. It's beyond self-esteem. It is achieving a sense of self. Let's now move to the conclusion of this workshop number one. The horse and rider within us allows us to discern, to decide between worthwhile and meaningless activities. It allows us to appreciate sensations like beauty, symmetry, and harmony. It allows us to choose to pursue spiritual endeavors like kindness, empathy, fairness, and justice. It inspires us to pursue values like truth, honesty, and loyalty. It allows us to look inward and to become aware of our sense of self. This core, this rider within us, is our spiritual center, is our human center, is our true identity and self. It is the source of our decision-making process. You see, animals don't have free will. They are programmed instinctively to react. But we have free choice. It is this life energy, this life force, which activates and motivates us. This is the source where I can draw my hidden strength from in order to help me deal with and meet life's challenges. And here is the beginning of our accessing our subconscious self. If we access our conscious self and become aware with self-awareness of what the strengths of which we are made, of the stuff of which we are made, then we have the ability to access our subconscious self, which is the content of Lecture 2, Accessing Subconscious Success. If I stop running through life in the fast lane and take a moment to reflect on my true inner character, I'll be able to get in touch with my spiritual center, my true identity. By so doing, I'll be able to get to know more of my authentic self. What a wonderful, self-empowering feeling to be able to perform a quick quality control check on myself to ensure I'm channeling my drives and passions in the direction that I, meaning my spiritual center, my true self, my identity self, wants them to go rather than allowing my drives and passions and lusts to drive me. My spiritual center, my identity, my sense of self enables me, with a sense of consciousness, conscious free choice, enables me to summon all of the strengths, passions, and drives within me to deal with a challenge that is sent my way from a position of conscious choice rather than from my usual knee-jerk instinctive reactions. 
my spiritual center, my identity, my sense of self, my decision-making headquarters gives me the strongest resource at my disposal. It provides me the power and inner strength to allow me to choose to deal with the challenge from a considered, informed vantage point. And I can access and activate this inner strength at will anytime I choose. This concludes our lecture on developing the self.